Hi everybody, this is Patty Negri. Welcome to the Witching Hour. I want to wish everybody happy holidays, whatever holiday you happen to uh, celebrate. I celebrate all of them, all of them, mind you. We have a really great guest for you this week, a really great. I've been trying to get him on my show for months and months and months and I've finally captured him. The one and only, been around forever, leader of the community, a modern day warlock, author, store proprietor, Christian Day. Yep, I captured him and we have Christian Day and I'm so excited to bring him to you. But before I bring him to you, um, let's do Where's Patty? Where's Patty? <sighs> I haven't seen her in so long. <laughs> um, actually, if you are listening to this when we first drop, which is the week of Monday, December 6th, yep, it's December. We are full board. We are full board holiday season. We are heading towards that January 1st. So the magic is going to count into that as well, what we're doing for our magic lesson, but I'm jumping ahead of myself. So if you are listening to this first week, these are things that you can do this week. I just got back from Dallas, Texas. I am sure it was fabulously. I did a great big three-day weekend at Miracles of Joy in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Always great. I've been working with these people for years and years now doing events. This was a big witchy patty weekend. And I want to thank you, Joy, and I want to thank you, everybody, at Miracles of Joy. So I'm exhausted. I just got back. Well, actually, I might not be back. I might be in some other state that I can't tell you about, taping a television show that I can't tell you about. But I will be back in time to go to Vegas. Yes, next weekend is the great big Unity. All the cool kids are going. All the TV shows, my Paraflix family, of course, are my paranormal family. We have some really great stuff in store for you for the my paranormal family. Um, I will be there with my school. I will be there. If you know of anybody in the paranormal world, they are probably going to be there. So check out Parunity. It's called Vegas Parunity and ghosts in the house, dog spirits in the house. She's going upstairs. You didn't hear a thing. This is a professional setup, mind you. This is a professional setup. And yeah, that's Willow. I do have some classes this week. Um, if you are single and don't want to be, I am still in the middle of my Monday series, The Magic and Science of Love. It's kind of magical and positive psychology. And you figure out why you maybe pick the wrong one or don't find the right one. And we get weddings out of it, engagements out of it, living together out of it. So if you're interested, contact me, The Magic and Science and Love, through my school, University Magicus. On Tuesday, I'm just starting a paranormal investigator series. Um, it's going to be really great. It's a certified class, how to do it, what to do it, both from the equipment side of and the paranormal side of things. And that's it. Vegas. Vegas, baby. <laughs> come to class. Come to Vegas. I hope to see you there. Okay, guess what? It is time for the willow apart. It's this little thing down here making odd noises that sound like they're coming from behind me or in my belly, and it's not. It's coming from this little puppy. And what I just want to talk about is that she is experiencing life again for her first time since you know, she wasn't around pre-COVID, but even right now, as we speak, she's seeing her very first band rehearsal. My husband's in the, the soundproof band room, much better than the sound, no ever soundproof dog room. And she's in love with the drums, which is great. I'm married to a drummer. Um, 
she runs, she dances, she dances to the drums, whether it's a drum solo or get a nice little beat groove and all, she goes in circles, goes in circles, goes in circles. And first you have to go, does she not like it? No, she likes it. She's a drummer dog. Can't wait till she sees our drum show next year. Anyway, just the Willow Report is that she's going to have her first Christmas, holiday, Hanukkah, New Year celebration. Even though mama's in and out of town, uh, she's having a good time. So... Take care of your babies. Remember, holidays are hard for animals. Watch what you feed them. I always say that. Watch them getting out. Don't let them eat tinsel. Don't eat them eat those things on the trees. Be careful, be careful, be careful. Because you have to take care of these little lovers. Right, Willow? Right? Now she's going to eat my earbud. Okay. That's the Willow part. She's going to go dance to the band right now. Can you hear them? Can you hear them in the back? No, you can't. It's soundproof. Bye. Okay, today's magic lesson is going to go along with the holidays. And I'm just kind of calling it a Holiday Sanity 911. What to do. Everybody gets a little stressful during the holidays, whether you have too much to do or you think you should have too much to do and you don't have too much to do. We put these high expectations on ourselves that we're supposed to have fun, we're supposed to do this, we have to buy presents or we don't have to buy presents or are we supposed to buy presents. I, it can be crazy time. So no, this time, more than any other time, really, really take care of yourself first. Um, do things like take a bath, even if you don't take baths. Take a salt bath, a nice little salt bath to calm you down. Um, get outside more, depending on where you live. If it's 20 below, don't stay very long. But actually try to get into nature and ground yourself in between the sparkly lights and the heated rooms and the everything else that we're doing. Um, make a plan. Make a plan of what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. This is really about boundaries, I think, because people are crazy. You're going to get out whether you shop, whether you don't shop for the holidays. Make boundaries of, I'm going to take care of myself first. I am or I'm not going to send holiday cards to the family. Uh, I'm going to call up the family and say, let's don't do gifts this year. Or let's do gifts. I want presents. I want whatever. Don't have an, too much unknown through the holiday season. You know, I'm the, I'm the leader of I love the unknown and let's stay in the unknown. But for a little bit of holiday sanity, try to plan out a little bit with a, an extra 30 minutes sleep now and again, if you can. Um, if you like holiday music, play it. If you don't like holiday music, get it off. Don't play it. Take care of yourself first. Really, it's crazy. And again, remember your pets. Um, Watch if there you have a tree, a holiday tree, whatever you want to call it. Don't let them eat the tinsel for protection. Do like sigils and symbols on them. Um, and that's kind of it for the magic. Just take a little extra care of yourself because we don't want to go into next year insane. And how many of you, raise your hand, I can see it, go into the into the holidays totally frazzled, decorating, not decorating. I don't even do the holidays. And then you're mad that you do the holidays. I... I see, I see that energy between, and I fall into it. We all fall into it. So if you start right now, when we're weeks away yet, um, beginning of December, just go, okay, I'm going to have fun with this. I'm only going to do what I can do. I'm only going to do what I want to do. Everything else is going to be okay. Everything else is going to be okay. Walk through your house, whether you're Christmas or holiday or Hanukkah, decorate or not. Walk through your house, do a little pickup, just make it feel good. Light some incense. Get one of those, oh, 
Get a cinnamon broom that you can get at markets really cheap right now. If you like the smell of cinnamon, it's really magical in your house. It doesn't have to be your magical witch's broom. You could buy cinnamon brooms for like three bucks anywhere right now. That in itself can make your house happy. So 911, you set the rules. Make your holidays really happy, however you however you celebrate them. That's it for the magic. Remember, you're the magic. Magic is everywhere. You really do have to look and create it yourself sometime. And today, I must say, I am so excited to bring you somebody I've wanted to bring you for a long, long time. I'm finally getting to meet him and work with him, and he is everything I hope he would be. So let me introduce to you a beautiful modern-day warlock living in the Crescent City. Meet Christian Day. Hi, Christian. Hi, Patty. Hello to your guests. Thank you. Yes. Yes. We have been trying, I must say, we have been I've try trying to meet. We were supposed to work together, what, four years ago on Ghost Adventures? Uh, yeah, that, I know you were like traveling the world somewhere and missing planes along the way. But it's like, everybody's like, Christian's supposed to be here. It was like that, where's Christian across the world somewhere? We were trapped in the airport at Heathrow for three days. And British Airways was blaming everything from America to the president to, you know, technical difficulties. And they had to bring in whatever the British version is of the National Guard because some of the passengers were assaulting people in the airport. It was it was bad. Wow. Well, I'm glad this has finally came. And I bet you, my listeners, even though some of them are newer to the craft and some of them aren't, they've been a long time, but almost everybody kind of knows who Christian Day is. You've been kind of a leader of the community for a long, long time. I sort of give everybody your background a little bit. How did that happen? How did you get here to this space? Well, I try and, I mean, I realize a leader, there's many definitions. I, I, yeah. I've always seen myself as more of a rabble rouser. That, that's I like, good. <laughs> I like pushing buttons. I like making people rethink, you know, tired old patterns of thoughts. Um, you know, I, I always like to say I, I wasn't really an indigo child. You know, I didn't have any strange psychic experiences. You know, I still use the name I was born with, though I do get flack for that. You know, people, you know, there are Christians that think I chose this name to offend their religion. And then there are pagans and witches who think somehow I'm being cheeky with the name, and it's just the name I was born with. But I became uh, a practitioner of witchcraft at the age of 18. So I wanted to learn tarot cards and actually bought my first deck at 17. My mother was hanging out with this woman that said she was a witch. I'm thinking, what was that? You know, I didn't have that as, you know, my childhood in the 70s and 80s, you know, I didn't really have that concept even living so close to Salem. And so uh, I began to buy books and explore and you know, I, I joined a coven in 2005. And then in 2002, my best friend, Sean, who has passed away in 2007 said, why don't you come do my witch's ball with me? And I said, well, that sounds cool. I just, I don't want to have it in EFW halls with cheap plastic cups. Can we do it in a nice location? And, you know, then we created Festival of the Dead in 2003, which is a whole bunch of events in Salem through October, including Witch's Ball. And we also, uh, when he passed away in 2007, that's, I opened Hex in Salem, which is an old world witchcraft shop, 2008. 
And then in 2010, Omen, which is the psychic parlor and witchcraft store. In 2011, I came out with uh, my book, The Witch's Book of the Dead. And that's where people sort of got to know me, not because of the book. Uh, it was before the book in 2011. Two things happened. One was Ghost Adventures, which I know you've done. And, you know, that just, people still remember me from this because it airs so many times and it's on <laughs> demand. And the next one was Charlie Sheen calling himself a warlock. <laughs> so I like the word warlock. Not every witch does, but I have my reasons for it. And the word. Also, uh, you know, I had to come out on TMZ. They, they gave me six different stories on TMZ. I, every, they were calling me for the most random things. And, uh, you know, all sorts of radio shows all over the world. And so I was kind of thrust. I had done media, you know, for years throughout you know, my life, but especially in 2000, you know, the, the late 90s and the mid 2000s. But it wasn't until 2011 where it all became really hypersaturated. And it's really never gone down from there. I mean, I don't do as much. I, you know, here and there I'll do a show or something. You know, because we're in New Orleans, you know, when you're living in Salem, you know, they're looking for witches there. They're looking for voodoo here. So, you know, we do the occasional thing, but you still, I'm in the mindset, you know, and I'm very polarizing because I have very strong opinions. So people will, you know, they misunderstand me a lot, you know, and so people don't get it and they're like, what is it? You know, the, the younger people seem to be more embracing, which is interesting. I think it's the generation sometimes thinking I'm slaying too many sacred cows, you know, maybe I'm fiddling with things a bit too much. Yeah. I like these new kids coming up. I really do. I like who they are. It is, they have different sensibilities, whatever generation you want to call them. I think they're pretty great. Well, they're owning their power. Yeah. So I like that. So now, so I like even talking about the word warlock. That is something that you've kind of reclaimed because so much in the in the craft, like oh, you're a witch, you're you're a male witch, you're a female witch, whatever. But warlock, oh, that was I was told when I was doing this in the '80s when that first that whole discover of Wiccan. Oh, this is or yeah, it's like oh yeah, not warlocks. That's something different. Um, and I'm like, I didn't understand. And then I started getting to know a lot of people in Europe and they're like, and, and they were witches and male witches. They go, I'm not going to call myself a witch. I'm a warlock. I'm a male witch. And we turned it into something weird, but you've reclaimed it, right? <laughs> well, we're in an age of self-discovery and self-identity. You know, people are reclaiming their sense of gender, their sense of self, their sense of where they are spiritually and owning those things like never before, you know? And so when I first started using Warlock, there were, there was a lot more angst than there is now. You know, it's, I, I'm, I'm very grateful to the non-binary community because it, the emergence of that over the last decade, they don't bash me as much for my eyeliner <laughs> because it's just like, Oh, he's expressing his gender, you know, 10 years ago, that wasn't it. You know, how dare he look like that? And, uh, you know, so the uh, we're, we're expressing ourselves. Now, I love the word warlock because it's very sexy. But, you know, when you look at the word witch, you know, Laurie Cabot always said to me, the, the witch is the old word for the you know, witch, not Wicca. 
And in reality, um, if you look at Anglo-Saxon, which is also called Old English, the word which comes from wicca, which is spelled W-I-C-C-A, what people commonly say wicca, which means male witch, wicca. And witche is the female witch. And so the words wicca and wicche uh, have the words cc, but in Anglo-Saxon, that is pronounced with the ch, as in chip. So I asked a linguistics expert friend of mine, has a degree in it? No. I said, wasn't Anglo-Saxon a gendered language? Yes. I said, well, if you take the gender modifications off of the words wicha and wiche, what are you left with? Witch. So of course I called up Lori and I said, it, it is the old word for witch. Now it, it is it is uh, both male and female gender, and you know I get that sort of excludes non-binary. But remember, a lot of the old languages were gendered, and, and Anglo-Saxon was one of them. Old English is not gendered, so you would remove the gender from Old English into modern English, you were left with witch. So again, you might say, well, as a man, why don't I just use witch? I just like the word, and I love the association with spiritism, necromancy, mediumship, because even though Oxford Dictionary accepts weloga, uh, which is the old Scottish word for oathbreaker, which is where you hear the bad about yeah. warlock, um, you know, Oxford still says, okay, that's the word, but there are scholars like Harvard professor Stephen A. Mitchell who you know, specializes in Scandinavian and Nordic and that sort of thing. And he wrote uh, Witchcraft and Magic in the Nordic Middle Ages, which is a history book, and talks about the, the Eric the Red, the saga of Eric the Red, when there's a, a witch named Thorbjorg who comes to the manor house of the chief of the village and does her mediumship, but she's unable to hear the spirits. So a little Christian girl that says, oh, my foster mother was of, of the old religion, you know, comes along and begins to sing this song called the Vard Lacour, which some summons up the spirits. And, you know, the girl sang so good that apparently, you know, spooks from Jersey showed up, like they say in the movie Ghost. So they were everywhere. And, you know, so of course, Thorbjorg was able to interpret them. It, what was interesting is that the the, the separation between the person who perceives the spirit, a.k.a. Thorbjorg, and the other person who sings them up. So it becomes a, a team effort. And so it's been suggested that Vardlakor is the root of Orlok, which would make it a song to summon spirits, not necessarily a person. But I like it. And you also have to remember that if Oxford is correct and Warlock is Werloga, this whole idea that that means a traitor to other witches is ridiculous. And I've had a $10,000 standing reward since 2011 saying, you know, if you um, have any evidence of this word meaning traitor to the coven prior to 1950, you know, you'll win $10,000. Of course, in 10 years, nobody has. But, you know, they'll go back and say, well, it still means oathbreaker, even if it isn't a betrayer of other witches, but you have to take that into context, Patty, because in uh, in that time where where logo would have been used, which is around the 900s, 
the oaths you'd be breaking were to the church. The first commandment, thou shalt have no gods before me. So if you were a warlock, the oaths you were breaking were to the church. Well, I do that every day. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just like I'm the original sinner, you know, so it's, I, I mean, I, I just, I get not everybody is going to embrace every word, but I think if we're going to continue to portray ourselves as a culture of self-identity and self-discovery, we have to be embracing to people who see themselves in a different light. I mean, that's really been the tone of our culture. Yeah. No, I agree wholeheartedly. I embrace it. I embrace everything like the word queer coming back from being bad to being good. Yay. Yeah, I I first even the word warlock before you, a mutual friend of ours, Michael Carell, he was big on that. I remember he moved, he's, he's in New Orleans now, but he moved right. into Hollywood for a minute and a half. And I was walking my neighborhood and just recognized energetically who he was from a mile away. I'm like, I have to know this new neighbor. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're great. Him and Yeah, him. they are. They yeah. are great. So they moved into Hollywood, into the hills, became friends, and then they left. <laughs> and then they they're left. Also, um, you know, they do a lot of work with us. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're great. I just want to make a quick comment if I can. Okay. Yes. About the witching hour. Please. Oh yes, please, please. Yes. So I had always understood it, you know, because my my bestie Sean, when he was alive, I was at the witching hours, three a.m. because it's the very opposite of the time when Christ was crucified, and so that is the 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 mindset that you hear a lot about the 3 a.m. And, and I had adhered, you know, not that I believe in the divinity of Christ or any of that, but I had, um, you know, I just assumed that was the folkloric transition mm -hmm. to the idea of the witching hour. And my husband pointed something out, Brian Kane uh, wrote an initiation into witchcraft and is one of the most educated uh, witches I've ever met, just knows every tiny fact about everything and pointed out that at the full moon, at the time of the full moon, at midnight, that is when the moon is highest in the sky. It's not highest in the sky, you know, at other time at midnight, you know, like if it's a sliver, it's midnight won't be its highest point in the sky. But at the full moon, which is the time long associated with witches, and the goddess mystery cults of magic that predate witchcraft. And, you know, they all had this idea of the full moon. Well, at midnight on the full moon, the full moon is highest in the sky. And so that's where the idea actually comes from of the witching hour. So it really it is midnight. Night. really is midnight. And See, it's, I it's always the, thought it was midnight. midnight. I always, I always said it was midnight, and then everybody's, no, it's 3 a.m. I Okay, maybe that's an East Coast, West Coast. <laughs> no, it's science. Witchcraft is science. Yes, yes. That we haven't discovered yet. You know, witchcraft is magic, you know, and, and religion all synced together. It, you know, I get some people will say, oh, witchcraft is the, is the magic and Wicca is the religion. No, the, the word Wicca is really Wicca and literally means witch. So witch is witch, you know what I mean? They're not two separate things. No. Witchcraft is what some anthropologists call religio magic, which is where you can't really separate out these things. You know, when you look into the witches of old, almost never do you find them not associated with something. 
you know, it's either the devil or the queen of El fame, a various god, you know, the Thessalian witches worship Hecate. And it wasn't their religion alone that made them witches. Certainly it was their, you know, they are, we are a magical religion. We are different than other religions, but we are a religion. I didn't always say that, but, you know, I, you know, over the years and my husband, you know, giving me all the facts and, you know, I do a lot of my own research, but they weren't in the same areas that he, you know, we're both researchers, you know, you read either my book or his and they're heavily cited, you know, with all sorts of primary source material and facts, and not just rehashing a lot of the books, you know, and so it, it, we are that, that religio magic. And so it's, a, it, and we're creating our own power. I think I got a little off track, sorry. No, no, go, go, no, this is great. Go off track. We have no track. We are trapped. I'm very I love that. Again, a lot of my listeners have been doing this for a long time. A lot are new. I don't even know anything about it. They just find me along the way. And I get that all the time. Is it a pra- religion? Is it is it a practice? You know, are you, what, is it you practice the craft? The, 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 yeah. So you know, this is great. Where I, where I will disagree with the use of the word religion is when, you know, the, the park pagans, as my husband wants to call them, <laughs> folding chairs and a sundress. You know, we'll say, well, we're a religion just like everybody else. Well, we're not a religion just like everybody else. You walk into haunted houses on Ghost Adventures and other shows and you talk to dead people. The only church I can get that in is the spiritual church. If I walk into a, you know, granted, Catholicism is probably the most necromantic religion on earth since everybody you pray to is dead. Um, But... They are not communicating in a mediumistic way. They are not direct, you know, the way like the spiritualists are, which I think, you know, spiritualism heavily influenced witchcraft and vice versa, you know, because we're the people that have stepped outside the realms of what is formal. Right. To go to places where even angels dare to tread, you know, won't dare to tread. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, no, I agree. And there is so much. And that's why it's interesting, as you mentioned, like ghost adventures, um, which we both do. Um, it's that's an interesting world, because to me, I look at that a lot of people who they want to get into this ghosty world and paranormal world. But but they don't know any of the religion attached to it or the spirit attached to it, all, all that, you know, not that they often don't discover it from that, whether they discover a, a pagan path, a witchy path, a new age path, even a, a traditional religion path. But it, it's so cute. It's because they're still looking for something beyond the mundane, but right. they're not sure about going any deeper than that. It cracks me up. So when somebody like you or I, who is educated, who is trained, who know there's, it, it's not just, you know, get a K2 meter and, and you know, be Ghostbuster. It's funny. Well, it's when I went on that show. In 2000, I knew nothing about it. I, I still have only ever seen the two episodes I was on because I don't watch a lot of TV. And I, the, really, the only reality TV I watch are Real Housewives of Atlanta and only usually the reunions and Real Housewives of New Jersey and only usually the reunions because drama happens. But I'm not a big, you know, I, I watch scripted shows, things like that. But I knew nothing about this. You know, and my, my friend that I brought on the show with me, you know, she's like, oh my God, you're going on it. I'm like, and, uh, you know, when I saw the way it was transpiring back then, you know, because I understand it's changed, it was a lot of yelling and, and, and I thought, well, I need to do something with these guys. You know, we talked about this. If you ever saw the, uh, 
the USS Hornet Bloody Mary episode of Aftershocks, I actually, both Mary and I told them, because both she and I, without, we never conferred on this. I've known her for years. We never conferred on this, but both of us independently were like, yeah, these guys need a little something, something, yeah. you know, to, to just learn a little bit of the respect side of it because you're dealing with forces you don't fully understand. And, you know, there are dangers. So, you know, it's, I, I, that's why I held up the skull and I asked each of them to gaze into the skull. It was a form of initiation, if you will, to say to these people, you are now a creature of but yeah. what does it mean when you're a creature of spirit? In other words, I rang the dinner bell much louder than they had rung it before. And Good. basically and said, okay, sink or swim. You know, and I, I'd heard that they'd had a lot of experiences after that that kind of were a little dark and that they've mellowed out. You know, I don't. Yeah, they've completely mellowed out. Yeah, they don't. It, he teaches against that now. Almost all the shows across the board have. It's like, really, even if you walk into a, you know, a human to human party, you don't just scream at people you want to communicate with. Like that's kind of silly. Anyone that's had an Italian grandmother, you know, it's like these occultists that say, "I'm going to conjure up such and such into that triangle over there." Well, I stand in this safe circle over here, and I'm thinking. You didn't have an Italian grandmother. You know what I mean? There are <laughs> beings on the other side that are not going to safely stand in that triangle, no matter who you, you know. We all are creatures of spirit, just as they are. You know, we are. We're all energy. Everything else is just a shell. And so this idea that somehow we have a supremacy, yeah, there's a certain amount of 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 strength that each of us carries into that realm but even the greatest among us will have you know well i've heard stories from people saying you know i had nearly died you know doing this sort of work because there are energies out there that that carry more of a punch than we do yeah yeah there are i've had i've had you know people burst into flames i've had my cartilage ripped off my ribs yeah <laughs> it's it's but real also it, the importance of people like what you're doing and going into these places I, i've said this for many years long before i did any of the ghost things so that that because the paranormal things you know got really popular uh in the late you know well it was in the mid 2000s i think it was when yeah, yeah. suddenly you know Every neighborhood had a paranormal team with matching T-shirts and little gadgets, and you know it was a fun. Now there's two. Every neighborhood has two. Right. <laughs> so you know it, it. It. I noticed this, and this is cool, but it was frustrating to me because, well, okay, you can take this meter and you can at least get, you know, or ghost box, you know. Okay, you just said, you know, where the diamond ring was lost, you know, oh, it's in the drain. You know, but to not <laughs> being a little, uh, but to not have a person who can hear what those spirits are saying beyond the little box, and to help interpret, it, I think can hurt. We can also yeah. hinder. I've also said we talked about this on the phone. I said you can hinder, because as a witch, you walk into a place, and you can make it haunted, like yeah. the witch house, which is completely not haunted. 
<laughs> I made it on it. You can, it was, you can tell that story. Every one of those neighborhood matching T-shirt groups wants to go to the Salem Witch House to see the ghost. It's odd, odd. I mean, no more than any other, you know, building spirits aren't trapped necessarily in space. But, you know, it really boiled down to, if you saw the Salem episode I was on, uh, Jeff Belandra calls it, you know, he, he wanted me to do the Lyceum, which is a restaurant no longer there. And uh, but the building used to be Bridget Bishop's apple orchard, and it was also uh, the first public demonstration of the telephone by Alexander Grimbell. Hmm. And so, uh, but the owner at the time was such an alcoholic, and I didn't want to deal with him. He'd been rude to my guests when I had events there. I said, I don't want to go there. Let's go to the witch house. And he said, Oh, is it? Uh, you know, is it haunted? I said, No, but I'm going to do a necromantic ritual. We'll conjure up spirits. Mm-hmm. It'll be haunted by the time I'm done. So I get the call from the woman that manages the witch house, and it she works for the city. It, the building is owned by the city. It was actually the home of witch trials uh, judge Jonathan Corwin. And so the, the the lady calls me and says, Christian, the Park and Recreations Commission is having a serious problem with you doing a necromantic ritual. Um, is there something else you can do? I said, well, tell them I'll do a witch's blessing instead. And she says, well, what's the difference? Said, Absolutely nothing. I'm just changing the name. <laughs> so we get there, and I find out the guys are locked in the building. But I also find out that later that night, they're also supposed to go to the Lyceum. And I'm like, I'm doomed. Bridget Bishop, every time I've done any sort of TV show associated with the Lyceum, you know, camera equipment breaks, batteries die left and right. There's always paranormal phenomenon. Every time we did events there, there'd be grease fires in the kitchen and furniture falling down. Bridget Bishop rules the roost. What am I going to do? So I grabbed my friend's hand and I said, let's point in the direction of the Lyceum, which is a couple blocks from the witch house. And I said, you know, Bridget Bishop, you know, if you ever know, you know, enjoyed any of my offerings or our workings or any of this, you know, give them no show, give them no audience. I, you know, I don't, I don't want anything to happen at the Lyceum. I know it's sort of stingy, but, you know, here I am on Ghost Adventures. I don't want to look like an idiot. They've never had me on before. You know, you've got to bring your A game, you know, and with spiritual magical matters, that's, you know, it's never 100%. No magic or psychic right. ability is 100%. So you know you that's got to be, okay, this is the night you're really going to be on, right? So we go into the house. Up until that point, they got very little. And we, when literally we, we walked into the door, their equipment began to go a little wonky. But it was when we actually did the work, you know, in the work that I talk about in my book, The Witch's Book of the Dead, you know, things like pricking your finger for a three drops of blood, having a human skull, which unfortunately I can't have here, you know, because of the laws. Just having that, that tool and, and you know, all of the water and the honey and all, you know, they're all things that you can see in the Odyssey. They're not anything too mystical or arcane, you know, read about them in high school. And so when we did that, everything went really insane. The, you know, the, the the ghost box called out my name. It called out the name of the skull, Robert. 
And when Sean said his name was Robert, when he first bought Robert, I said, oh, yeah, whatever, Sean, you're just giving him a name. And, you know, I was, I'm a very skeptical person. A lot of people know that, but I am. So I, I have a high bar of, you know, mm -hmm. oh, sure, you know. And uh, so the, you know, calls out the name Robert. It's just fucking Sean. Oh, sorry, I don't know if I can swear. You know, but I said, you know, hmm, Sean was right. So then they ask who the spirit is. And it calls out the name Bridget Bishop. That's why you can see me laughing on the show, mm -hmm. because I realized, oh, she didn't, she didn't just listen to me. She's here, and not for anything. The home <laughs> of one of the witch trials judges is really not the place that the witch trials victims are going to really be comfortable hanging out. Just saying. Yeah. So yeah. then I, you know. Zach calls me a few weeks later and they really, you know, after the show we had, and they really liked how it went. And, you know, I said, well, you know, how did it, I, I noticed that you didn't get much over there at the Lyceum. It was a lot of reenactments and conversations about what happened before. Oh yeah, we didn't get anything there. And I'm like, I have a confession to make, you know? And so I talked about all of this on the aftershocks, you know, they wanted to know if I was still, you know, having conversations with Bridget Bishop. I said, well, that's just boring. Let's actually tell them it really happened because we didn't just show, you know, those shows are very good at showing the existence of spirits, mm -hmm. but by conjuring up spirits that were not there, my assistant and I also showed magic. Yeah. And that you can do this. You know, is it is it going to happen every time? No. But you do have this power to to manifest the things you're trying to have happen. Yeah. I, and I think people are starting to notice that. I think that's why I work so much because a lot of, okay, a, a lot of, a lot of teams, they, they, they realized having a medium was good, having somebody who could really talk to the dead, but then they realized having a witch who's a medium, you can call in the dead, you can create it because it's like, you, you can also send the them mail, away. you can bring in all this stuff yeah. or send, oh, and send, send them away. Them away. So, yeah, that's why I keep working with all these, I mean, from YouTubers to everything else. It's like, we're nice to have on hand. <laughs> Come yeah, here, go away. You know, even the, you know, the, 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 the 2010s really brought about the, I, is it, uh, paranormal investigator and author, a friend of mine, Ron Kolek, did a, a conference at um, the Hawthorne Hotel and asked mm -hmm. me to speak. And, you know, and I'm talking about all these things. I get some, oh, I'm a demonologist. And there were three other demonologists. And they were all going on about, you know, this is witchcraft is dangerous. You know, it all comes from the um, the, the Warrens in many ways were, were people that kind of really separated witchcraft out as a negative. And, you know, I love the Conjuring movies because they're scary, but they do annoy yeah. me at the same time, you know, because the, <laughs> well, I wrote about this in the book. You know, there's no evidence that this person, none of the things they said about this bastard Sherman were verifiable in the real world. In fact, she died a normal death. I think Gregor recalls she wasn't hanging from a tree. And people went to her grave and broke it in two. And it wasn't the first time that her grave was vandalized. And so as a person who honors those on the other side, that just instantly goes What's wrong with you people? You know, we need to show a respect, you know? And so I think 
you know, I have nothing again. You know, everybody has their religious beliefs, and you know, I'm not anti-demonologist per se, but I find that that realm tends to operate with less respect for those on the other side. You know, things tend to be positioned as very negative, very harmful, even when they're, you know, Ouija boards, for example. There's literally no, I, I believe the scientists call it the idiomotor response. There's no mechanical difference between a pendulum and a Ouija board. It just right, isn't. Right. You're allowing energy to flow through. But everyone that comes into our shops, they're like, with the pendulum, you know, then they see the board and some of them are flipping out and going nuts. <laughs> and I'm thinking there's literally no mechanical, whether it's psychological and only an idiomotor response, you know, which basically means your mind doing it for you unconsciously, mm -hmm. or whether it's spiritual, the mechanism is still the same. Right. You're just asking either your higher self or some outside entity to move a planchette or move a piece of rose quartz. It's like, yeah. I, don't, I, I don't have the issue with them. I mean, I find Ouija boards tedious because it's the spiritual equivalent of texting. So, you know, I've never <laughs> quite gotten, you know, that's where the kids and I will sort of differ. I can't have these long conversations in the texting. And that's what a Ouija board is, you know, it's like, Hurry up, you know? Yeah, no, I like I I will use them in certain things and in small groups, not in large groups, not for filming because they are boring. I'll use a chalkboard with a, a chalk planchette because that moves faster. But yeah, I'm the same thing. I, I you know, I've been using Ouija boards safely since I was seven. And like, I, I missed all the religious and everything. It just cracks me up that people, and then they sit with their dowsing rods, their pendulum, their See? every other contraption, <laughs> even their K2 meter. The spirit, it, that modern stuff is technology to do the same thing. You know, you're asking outside the realm. Oh my God. Um, you are so fun. So, so, so tell us a little bit about things you have coming up, like, like what's WitchCon and HexCon, all these things. Oh, there's just so much. You know, the, uh, I know. We just finished with Festival of the Dead, which is you know a 31-day psychic fair, the official Salem, which is Halloween ball, and uh, a dumb supper, by the way, which where mm. everyone becomes the medium in silence. You know, usually yes. they'll bring you or I or someone like us, you know, to be the connectivity. Whereas the dumb supper brings everyone into silence. You're not allowed to speak. We do play music because you know, 60 people chomping can be a problem. But, you know, it creates the medium. And so that's our October. Uh, the next thing we have President's Day weekend, the 18th through the 20th, is WitchCon. And what WitchCon really began as, well, we have an event every August. It's the first weekend of August, and it's called HexFest, a weekend of witchery in Old New Orleans. But when COVID happened, and any of us delivering content suddenly became internet refugees <laughs> and everything had to go online. I'm thinking this isn't, you know, I'm a big proponent of spirit, of spirit of place. So while I love the connectivity of the internet, sorry. Um, so while I love the connectivity of the internet, I've always come back to spirit of place. We love to travel, We've been all over the sacred sites in Egypt and the Celts in Ireland and, what have you in Greece and Italy. And so, you know, for me, Hexfest really should not be online. It should be 
Sorry. Um, it should be an experience where it's not just the classes, but the magic of New Orleans, the food, the music, the culture, and all those things that make New Orleans. And so in 2020, we were not able to do Hexfest in person, so we had a, a virtual version um, using a program called Crowdcast. Most people like Zoom. I like to teach because you don't see them. You know, invariably I'm sitting, you know, it's not quite as bad as the CNN guy that was, you know, wee, 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 you know, <laughs> but, you know, there's always somebody picking their nose, you know, so I, I really prefer, I really, I'm talking, I can, I don't have to look at everybody there. Uh, but it went really, really well, Hexfest Virtual, really, really, really well. Everyone loved it. So I came back and I said, well, I don't want to do this next year virtual. I never want to do it again virtual. But what I did learn from Hexfest was that there really is this international sort of group of people that, for whatever reason, they don't have to travel a lot. You know, they don't go to these places. And of course, all the ones that are trapped because of COVID. I said, what if we created a virtual event from the ground up? that was designed to be virtual. What would make that different? We do an event like Hexfest. I mean, we do bring people from England and even we have a presenter that comes to Hexfest from Egypt. Wow. Who's incredible. But, you know, you, you when you go to an in-person festival, you're more likely to get people that are regional or even, you know, in that country or whatever, the occasional person from here and there. But with WitchCon, you know, because it's English speaking, it's still heavily weighed here, but we went way beyond. You know, we get people from Italy, Bulgaria, Australia, so on and so on, you know, Brazil, um, Greece, you know, and so people come into this Egypt from all over the world to present. And so I thought, wow. And so the first one was last year, or this, no, this year, this past year in March, and we moved it to February because March can sometimes change time zones. And of course, I'm a perfectionist. So if you go to WitchCon, the schedule will appear in your time zone, which is really great for the presenters. Because they're like, yeah. what time am I on? I'm just look at the schedule. It's gonna, you know, and if it doesn't get your time zone correctly, you can just select it and it will be correct. So uh, it's basically, an, it's WitchCon online. It's President's Day weekend, and we usually have up to 100 presenters from all over the world. You know, it's all English. There is one guy that teaches from Brazil who speaks Portuguese, but he brings a translator. Wow, cool. Uh, Edu Scarfon. He's a really big you know, name in the witch world. You know, he, he's all the TV and everything in, in Brazil. And so it's just been spectacular. So that really is like, if you're really trying to get an introduction to the entire spectrum of magic. You know, we have witches, voodoo practitioners, people of all the different African traditional religions, European folklore, you know, all kinds of different practices, you know, even Catholic magic and the saints and just so many different ways of looking at the spectrum of magic that it's an amazing, not only is it an amazing introduction but if you are an experienced practitioner that wants to learn about other traditions or deepen your practice, you know, because we do have more advanced classes, 
you know, there's real spectrum when you get up to a hundred classes, you can really cross the whole gamut and have people that are more, you know, accessible. And then you've got really complex things about grimoires, you know, and magical texts and things. Um, which is just wonderful. Okay, so that is coming up. Um, oh my, I have so many things to ask you, and I'm not going to have time to ask you. So tell people you're going to have to come back. I'm going to force you to come back because um, we didn't even. I, I, this is so much. But so tell people where they can find you, where they can find this upcoming beautiful event on President's Day, where your shops are, all that kind of stuff. My people are interested. Well, the best link really is warlocks inc w-a-r-l-o-c-k-s-i-n-c.com because that has links to everything else or okay. my personal site and blog christianday.com which has links to everything else because there's so many different you know we have the hex education network um we've got hex at 246 essex street in salem we've got omen at 184 Essex Street in Salem. We have Hex at 1219 Decatur Street in New Orleans and Omen at 1205 Decatur Street in New Orleans. So the, the two shops are relatively close together. In fact, in New Orleans, there are only three stores down. So it's very easy to find us. You know, we also have the New Orleans Spirits and Spells uh, walking tour, which is a combination ghost tour and magical tour that really uh, embeds you into the magic of the city. So that you understand the legacy of voodoo and witchcraft here in New Orleans. So there's just so many different things. You know, there's so many different things. I'm and from two very person. magical cities. Yay! Um, all right. And your books, people can get you and your husband's book on. You can get them on Amazon. You can get them on hexwitch.com or omensalem.com. Or we have our own publishing company now, uh, warlockpress.com. And, you know, we have not only Initiation into Witchcraft by Brian Kane and, you know, The Witch's Book of the Dead by me, but we also have uh, The Art Cosmic, The Magic of Traditional Astrology by Levi Rowan, and uh, Voodoo and African Traditional Religion by Lilith Dorsey. And we've got more in the, in, in the pipeline. So there are so many things uh, going on there. You know, really, we're looking for authors as well, hint, hint. Um, so, <laughs> sure, just, let's talk. We, I, that is beautiful. We just had Lilith on. She's great. She's oh, yeah. I was just so, out last night. Oh, I feel so far away here, over on the west coast. So I'm traveling. I'm I'm leaving for Dallas in the morning. So I'll I'll wave. I fly past. Well, you're always um, welcome anyway. to New Orleans. Thank you. Thank you. Well, as a rule right now, I'm there every Halloween for the Vampire Ball with Sebastian. Um, one so, time I can't be here. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll figure that out. We, we'll figure it out. Time. I'm working on cloning. I'm working on getting rid of time and space onto our realm. There's so many things to do in this life. Um, anyway, thank you. An honor to have you. Thank you, Christian Day. Thank you so you guys check him out. Check out his magic. Check out his shops his school all of it because you're gonna love them just like i do so thank you for visiting the witching hour